Welcome to Light Your Leadership Talks, or LIL Talks. Every week, we bring you informal chats with leaders and leadership experts from around the globe. Your host is Lisa Anna Palmer, author of the international best-selling book, Light a Fire in Their Hearts, The Truth About Leadership. Listen in so that you too can stay informed about the latest wise practices that set great leaders apart. Today, we are going to talk about evolving leadership one conversation at a time with Mary E. May, who is joining us from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Mary is a catalyst for change. She is sought after for her expertise in cultural competency and diversity, equity, and inclusion. Mary is a staunch advocate for preventative care, bridging the gap of wellness by integrating diverse and equitable solutions to executive level management. She founded Butterfly Love Academy, which offers consulting, coaching, prevention, and team-building narratives that result in sustainable outcomes. Mary is a business accelerator leadership coach. She holds an MFT and is a relationship therapist. So that's quite a broad spectrum there, Mary, helping a lot of people. With yes, a lot indeed. Of, a lot of situations of come my way. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, what you specialize in is creating effective change for individuals and teams so they can gain greater clarity and move forward with professional and leadership development, accountability, and increased performance. Mm -hmm. And you also specialize in violence prevention, grief, trauma, intimacy, suicide, anxiety, all topics that have become increasingly relevant to the leadership space during these unprecedented times. Absolutely. Yeah. And and Mary, you are a highly regarded speaker in the space surrounding leadership, behavioral health prevention, and sustainable interventions. So thank you so much, Mary, for joining me as a guest on Little Talks today. Thanks so much for having me on our talk today. Yes. Yeah. I was excited that, you know, to have you here and to have you share like the amazing work that you're doing and also helping us gain greater insights into, you know, what goes on uh, with leaders on the inside, right? And, and how that affects their behaviors and how they show up in life and at work. So let's dive right in. So okay. your motto is evolve one conversation at a time. So how does that tie into psychology, mental wellness, and into leadership? So it, the thought process of Evolve is that we're always transforming each time that we have a conversation, we're downloading, we're receiving new information, we're exchanging energy with whomever we're talking with, like all of that is like an evolution of sorts. And it's like, what do you choose to do with the information that you gain, be it positive and serving you well, or even if it's taking you to your lowest self? And if it's taking you to your lowest self, how do you make the choice? to not get stuck and how people may try to pull you into that lower self and how do you choose to elevate so one conversation at a time means no matter how it is that we connect or how it is that what it is we're talking about we have to identify intervention figure out what our change agency is going to be and then implement those strategies on a consistent basis so that on the other side of this conversation, we can make a choice and pivot to lead the way that we need to lead, no matter if it's personal um, impact as well as professional. Right. 
Right. Because leadership is from the inside out after all. Right. It, it really is. Yeah. And if you and if it's not right on the inside, it's going to come out. Even if right. you think you put your jacket on and the jacket is going to cover it, like it's going to come through either in your language, the things you do bodily wise, your performance and your productivity, like things show up and people don't pay attention to those the indirect things on how they show up. They just think, well, I got the job done. Okay, but you did, but it took you 50 hours more than what it would have normally taken you. And I might be exaggerating with the 50 hours, but like, you know, people don't realize that they like was done. Okay, but normally it takes you two hours to get it done. And this time it took you 50. So what's what's happening? Right. And and you're absolutely right. I've actually have scenarios where I've worked in, in workplaces and there was like 130 drafts of the same presentation. So in that case, it's not an exaggeration. In right. Fact, it would have taken them four months to do something that would have taken, you know, uh, a week. Right. So, yeah, absolutely. Now, you mentioned something about change agency. Could, could mm-hmm. you describe that a little bit more and what that means? Sure. So from my perspective, because there are a lot of different thought processes around change agency, um, my company is called Butterfly Love. And so when you think about a butterfly, you think about the different stages of metamorphosis that one goes through. And when I initially, although um, I work with everyone at this point, when I first started my business, it was very passionate towards women and the fact that we're constantly going through a change of mood, change of life, change of decision, change of hat. Like, you know, we might be mom at this point. We might be wife. We might be the leader. We might be the super. Like we have so many roles and yet it's all within the same body. So it's like, how do you advocate for the wellness for you by putting yourself first on the schedule? Because all of those people need you in a certain place. But if you choose to elevate and you choose to grow and do something differently, like that change agent that you are, um, there's going to be some things that fall by the wayside. And it may not necessarily be a negative thing. It may be weight that's holding you at a standstill that's not allowing you to elevate. Mm, love that. So it's, it, it, it brings together the whole thing about how we need to be self-advocates and have self-compassion and self-care Correct. enough to put ourselves uh, in situations where we can remain healthy while we're putting on all these different hats. And now with work from home, it's like it's happening all at once. <laughs> yes, because <laughs> your office is now in the same room that was the living room. And for some cases, you know, you can't separate. And then the boundaries of if you are a parent and you're juggling all of these different things, you're still a leader. You're still that person at work, but you're also a leader in your home. And you have to kind of retrain and rescript the expectations and boundaries around, okay, it looks like I'm just sitting on the computer, but I'm actually in a meeting and peeling back those layers like this meeting equals productivity and productivity equals paycheck. Paycheck equals us being able to go get ice cream or go on our getaway weekend or vacation, you know, like really paring it down so that the boundaries are clear. But even in the the, um, the way that we lead, like I think the word leadership has a demystifying connotation right. because people think leadership is something that's assigned to you. However, it is naturally assigned to us individually from birth and how it is that we choose to execute the gifts that's been given to us from birth. We're all leaders in our own space. Love that. And uh, I like what you're saying too about the boundaries and also the, the perception around leadership and work in general right now, because I'm hearing a lot of, um, 
you know, speakers or thought leaders or the news talking about return to work. Right. It's like the work is continuing. Maybe we're returning to physical workplaces, but no one stopped working if, if you're still employed. Exactly. You know? And in fact, I would say a lot of people are working more hours because the boundaries and or the gift of flexibility because right. you know it might not be that your work day is so structured that it's nine to five it may be nine to eleven and then from eleven thirty to two you're tending to your child or other responsibilities it might be someone in your home that needs your help with situations maybe their health or something like that that they've moved in due to the public health crisis that we're in and then you're going to return to work at three o'clock and and work three to maybe six. So it's like your nine to five or your eight hour, six hour workday can be built into different chunks because now your responsibilities like you're an octopus and you know you're trying yes. to manage and prioritize how things are actually going to get done. Because at the end of the day, you want things to get done. Right, right. And and as employers, we we need to create, allow that flexibility and that agency. Mm-hmm. And especially for women, because, you know, I'm still seeing, you know, micromanagement hasn't gone away. It's just mm-hmm. morphed. Right. right. Uh, and in fact, it's, it's it's becoming it's taking very nefarious forms when we start talking about employee uh, monitoring systems. We're not going to go there because I can talk about. I was going to say we talked about <laughs> that the other night and was like, what? We got a whole bunch. To exactly. Talk about. exactly. We'll do we'll do a, maybe a, a reset panel. the leadership. Yes. Right. Right. <laughs> on, on that and how monitoring employees in that fashion can be very, very uh, destructive. Uh, but at, at the very minimum, we need to allow people to organize themselves in this new context and trust that, you know, the, they're adults. They're self-leaders, they're leaders, right. trust that they know how to organize themselves best to get the work done and, and also stay healthy, right? How about that? Yeah, yes. imagine. So, Imagining. So I think this links to the next question, which is what makes leadership the most important form of advocacy in your work? So let's talk about that. So the, um, the reason it's the most important is because people have ideas that sometimes are not the reality of the role that they think that they want. And the the course of my work in working from direct care and seeking supervision to then becoming an administrator and now a business owner, I've come across a lot of different situations where people don't recognize their that their contribution is a part of the puzzle. And that they if the leader or the owner of like the supervisor, administration, the leader, whoever values the capacity of each team member and is willing to invest that whatever it needs to kind of build them up. But then also for that staff person to say, I would like to strive for this position, but maybe my capacity is not there. So what training do I need? What things do I need to like participate? How can I show up so that the powers that be that give the performance increases, that give the promotions or securing those higher level contracts, how can they find me and see that my puzzle piece is the match to the productivity that they desire? And so when you are doing that joint advocacy, it's an understanding that intimidation doesn't exist. Um, We're not in competition with each other. I'm not trying to steal your job, but I am trying to grow and learn. And so it's like in the grow and learn, it it changes the narrative 
if you have two willing individuals who are advocating for not only your growth in the absence of intimidation, but how is going to your growth is going to help me have less responsibility because then now if your capacity is built up, you can now step to side by side with me versus me having a top down looking at you. I absolutely love that uh, because you're right. That dynamic. So for listeners, if we, if we look at the origins of it, so, you know, you're part of a team, all of a sudden you get promoted as leader of that team. The same people that you were working with. Yes. Your buddies, your gal pals, your lunch pals, yeah, yes. lunch pals, you know, and now all of a sudden, because of the change in role, it creates this distance, the power distance, which comes along with, you know, the hierarchy and, and that model and that concept. And I'm sure you find this, uh, Mary, in your work when you're, when you're uh, coaching leaders is that that's a lonely place to be. It because is. all of a sudden your relationships have changed. You still feel the same inside. You still love the people. You want right. to go hang out with them. And all of a sudden you're like, you know, they're avoiding you in, in some, in mm-hmm. some fashion. And at the same time, uh, there's a flip side. So, which I've, I've also seen play out is so that, you know, uh, the manager hires a high flyer. Yes. And then the high flyer is starting to look really good. And again, getting a lot of, and then the manager starts to feel threatened by that, I think, which is the point you were making there. Absolutely. Like, so we need to stop seeing each other as competition in, in workplaces and see how we all benefit, you know, when we unleash our potential and help each other do that, you know? And, uh, and I think that would help with the toxicity, right? It really it would. would. It, would it really would. Yeah. And, and to realize that if you're that leader, who's helping to groom and prepare and build a capacity of who will now become more of a colleague and work side by side with you, who will also support assisting you not having such a heavy workload. You don't know what you're being prepared for. So by preparing that other individual, you're also preparing. Yes, it might be some movement and you might be comfortable, but we don't grow in comfort. So you have to have some level of uncomfortability so that you can um, just embrace it and just say, okay, there's a purpose for this that's beyond what I'm aware of. And you can't be in control and know everything. And that's the thing about, you know, some people like we want to know, well, what's the outcome? What's the this? What you know, we want to know all and sometimes you got to go step by step through the process because everybody's process and everybody's steps are going to be different. But as you nurture that and that team member to become side by side with you as a colleague. Yes, you are also elevating. So you're yes. you're helping that, but the elevation, the stair steps of the metamorphosis of the butterfly is Love constantly it. evolving. Love it, right? And as we all elevate together, guess what? We shine brighter. I mean, how about that? You know, it's, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful <laughs> thing, and it's something that we we can all work towards. And if we find that we're having these feelings, maybe of feeling threatened or insecurity or isolation or loneliness. We can work on those things, right? We absolutely can. You you have to make the choice and you have to be diligent because sometimes in working, you may reveal some undesirable things that you didn't know about yourself as a leader um, that you need to like make that choice of how you're going to pivot and grow differently. But it's like, don't get stuck. 
Like, just like when the doctor gives you a a diagnosis, don't get stuck by the diagnosis. What's the work to get rid of it? Or what's the work to grow beyond it? Mm -hmm. Could you give us just a little brief example of what that transformation can kind of look like? Sure. So like, if I use the doctor narrative, the doctor, like we go in, we have our different symptoms, so behaviors, things that we're doing, you know, in our jobs, in our work, and there's something that is is blocking us. So it's like having that honest and transparent, vulnerable conversation where not necessarily that you're going in and laying out all the laundry of your life, but recognizing that sometimes there's interruptions that happen, like you may move or, you know, somebody may now be sick or it's something that's really impacting your energy. You have to look at how that's draining you or distracting you moving forward and are you stuck on the diagnosis that has been set before you like like say somebody says something has some real challenging like maybe cancer or diabetes something that in your mind is so dark and so challenging may just be like the same with a project at work but when you peel back the layers and say okay what is it can I do to be successful at eliminating these symptoms and just prioritize which symptom is going to get the most bang for your buck first. And if that's eating differently, if that's exercising, if that's having structured project time that you do one part of the puzzle of the project that needs to get done, it's really more so organizing your mind. Because as long as your mind is not so all over the place, then you're able to be more productive and focus on what it is that you need to focus on. So that strategy is really just like we can't function in confusion so as long as your mind and your energy is confused and you're stuck on what destination you heard somebody else give to you and you didn't interrogate it to figure out okay how can it look differently for me or how can I evolve and grow and stand up as a leader in this space like you have a choice do you choose to stay confused or do you want to bring clarity to creating what those step-by-step things that can be that's going to help you move forward. So it's like your determination over the disparity. And again, that comes back to that agency and that self-leadership. It's like Absolutely. we get to make the choice how we show up. It doesn't matter what level we're in. in the doesn't matter. And we all and And it doesn't matter if you're in a toxic situation where that leader is not really helping you build your capacity. When you're caught up in the toxic narrative, you have given that that person complete power and agency over where it is that you're going to go. Whereas you can say, okay, this, this job, this project is like a date. What is it that I want to get out of this particular dating situation where, yes, I'm not going to get distracted by their toxic behaviors, their statements, their degrading moments, whatever, because that's not about me. That's Mm. about the mirror that they see for themselves. And so when you begin to look at the mirror, how you see yourself, figure out how to not get stopped. Again, that would be a diagnosis. Don't get stopped by the diagnosis, the distractible toxic behavior. Begin to say, okay, this is how I can work around it. Because at the end of the day, you still need to excel and you still need to maintain your own wellness and you can't feed into other people. Even if they're the ones that sign your check, if they're the ones that, you know, because that's where, what I usually hear, but they sign my check or they're the ones that, that can block me from moving. True. 
But if you have a foundation of a spiritual compass, that person has nothing to do with where you are intended to be as a leader. You just have to show up and and see how you can navigate through the confusion and the diagnosis that's undesirable and figure out how to with someone, because usually sometimes this is where it gets really like in the woods and they need somebody like you and I to kind of say, okay, let's peel back those layers, but like make that acknowledgement. I need some help. I need some help from somebody outside of me because this do-it-yourself project mentality is making me stay stuck in this pattern too long. But if I step out and get the support that I need from these team development people, these uh, performance coaches, you know, business accelerator, whomever, then I'll be able to get on my path and make that investment in you. It's it's so important to to drive that message home that we can't do it all ourselves. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. in fact, to try to do it all ourselves is counter to what leadership is. Absolutely. Right. It would mean you have like a boss mentality versus right. a leadership mentality. Right. And, and that that plays like I, I think I want to discuss a little bit more about that vulnerability it takes to ask for help and also to like step into your leadership. Right. So, you know, I want to ask you, uh, Mary, what allowed you to be vulnerable enough to open up and be honest about your talents and places of growth? Wow, that's a great question. <laughs> mm-hmm. So the the thing was realizing that I was in a toxic situation. Mm-hmm. And not only did I realize that I was in a toxic work situation, I realized what that toxic work situation, what was making me comfortable. And what was making me comfortable is that it resembled some unresolved, I guess, issues or life experiences from childhood, probably college, probably young adult life. And once I recognized the theme, and I didn't do this on my own, this was definitely, it was kind of like, okay, why is this so heavy on me? And what do I need to do different? So between the decision to kind of go to grad school, the decision to, you know, say, okay, I need to do leadership in a different way. And then my compassion for other people it didn't align with, like it would align with the mission of different agencies that I was working with, but it didn't align with the productivity and how they were going about their step-by-step process. And because I realized from my spiritual grounding that that wasn't really setting well with me, I knew I needed to do something different. I didn't know how I was going to do it, but I knew I needed to do something different because at the end of the day, people's capacity building, people's wellness, how people show up as a leader was not a number to me. It was not a, okay, how is my paycheck padded or, you know, increased based on this. My journey and my passion point is how can people after an experience with me or as an experience, whatever service I'm providing, be different on the other side. Mm. And if that means I have to challenge them and push them forward, the way that I had to challenge and push myself forward and to realize that how I was becoming comfortable was indicative of my role assignment in the family, my role assignment in my community friendships, that I had to make that pivot and investment in myself. And then once I did that and poured into my cup so that my cup could be half full, if not overflowing, anyone who has come into my path after making this choice of vulnerability for my own growth I've ensured that when they're having a conversation of what they think 
leadership looks like or what they think that their next step in their journey looks like, let's look at what could be the possible reasons on why you would stay and what's the reasons why you need to go. And then like weigh out what is the most important. And when you weigh out what's the most important by having that authentic conversation and you're looking at your strengths and the things that you bring to the table, it really makes the conversation not so vulnerable or not. Let me say this. It is vulnerable, but vulnerable is not a curse. It's actually truly a gift. And you're able to see that it's a gift when you pull back the curtain to see it from your own lens versus somebody else's lens. Mm. And, you know, just listening to some of the words that you're saying, you know, compassion, vulnerability. And I think what we're discovering in these times is that those are not weaknesses. They are power tools. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. are what are was helping us to, to drive forward no right. matter what. Because when you feel compassion, and, and that's one of my key principles, you know, is what sets leaders apart is ability to connect at the human level through courage, compassion. Right. And that confidence and that that compassion piece. And then it leads us to see others as human beings and that mm-hmm. we're, you know, all of us have our own gifts, our own faults, every and then that's part of being human. So mm-hmm. it, it all of a sudden it gives us the strength to want to push forward and help other human beings mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. help ourselves, too, because we need compassion, self-compassion. And, and and then that vulnerability is, you know, compassion and action, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. which creates that empathy and that desire to help. Uh, so I think, you know, if, if we were to compare 21st century leadership mm-hmm. to the leadership of the past, right? those are some of the biggest um, transformations is love, compassion, and vulnerability being looked at and understood as as powerful tools for change, you know, strategies for change. Absolutely. Absolutely agree. 100%. Because we're not just human capital. And if you look at individuals, the humans that you work with, you serve, or that receive benefit from what it is that you do do in this world, you have to look at human capital as from a human nature standpoint, from a compassion standpoint, versus what your personal gain is. And of course, your personal gain is important. I'm not suggesting that you, you know, go on some famish (laughs) and not not suggesting that at all. But the way that you frame it and the way that it it activates in your life begins to function very, very Mm -hmm. differently. And that's that alignment you were speaking about. Mm -hmm. When, When you are in alignment, you're actually earning, you know, you're living while you're doing things that you love and helping others, serving others. Right. And so when right. you get all that in alignment, like what a beautiful state of being. And that could happen in business or it can happen as a leader within an organization or as a contributor. Right. Exactly. And then it also your your personal life is impacted mm. in the most positive way, also. So it's like in thinking about I always speak of people's foundation of of their values and belief system as the universe, because that way it it stays sensitive, it stays culturally responsive and all of that. But like if the universe has poured certain things into your cup and into your capacity and you choose to look the other way and not implement what it is that you're going to do, that other thing that you're attempting to do is not going to thrive to the best of the ability that you would like it to, because it's not your assignment here on earth. Right, right. And the cup doesn't go away. And the cup doesn't go away. It sits there in the corner 
looks at you, calls out to you. Right, <laughs> right. And you're like, okay, just let it get dust over there. But it, it's still sitting there. It's like, okay, yeah, well, when, when you're ready to be on your right path and you decide that you're going to build this capacity and, you know, deal with whatever those unresolved issues are that's getting in the way, that, that cup is going to be the best cup ever. Right. Uh, yes, 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 absolutely. So, so let's talk about, you know, what are some of the leadership skills that you help individuals and corporate teams to develop and, um, and what helps to drive your passion for this kind of work? I enjoy seeing the change. I enjoy seeing people to see themselves for who they authentically are and, and that they're able to like show up. And again, I I use a lot of metaphors. So I'm going to say like pull back that curtain and no longer hiding in the shadows of who, you know, who and how it is that they can exist in this world. And so when you think about pulling back the curtain and kind of like elevating into this new space, the first step is you have to get clarity because life comes at you with so many competing agendas based on your roles, based on how it is you move forward. You have to take that courage to kind of just have that insight and guidance that's going to, I call it like a GPS because we're all familiar with a GPS, but like your goal planning system. And and being able to kind of map it out. I was speaking with a leader last night who's been in executive management for a million years, it seems like. And she's stepping out on her own. And she's having the most difficult time. This this way I can explain it the best. She's having the most difficult time on how it is that she really wants to activate and show up in the world. You know, now that she's on the other side and knows kind of what agencies need. And the thing is that we look at lined paper, as a, a script and a rule that we have to like write things in the lines, stay in the lines. We can't color outside the lines. And so I help people to color outside of the lines and to start off with cre- just, just doing a mind dump. What is it that you need to bring clear to? What are your strengths that you bring to this conversation? What are you passionate about and what gets in the way? So what gets in the way kind of shifts the conversation to now we know what it is that we want, but what gets in the way of us showing up in the best capacity that we can? And most of the time people will mention like their significant others, their children, or their thought of how can I still sustain my family financially the way that I did when I worked in these situations. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that's really not the question. It is the question because Mm -hmm. in our human sense, we want to make sure our roof is over our head, but it's not really the question. The question then goes back to those things that you put down as your passion points and what value are you bringing to those who you choose to serve? And the value creates you not having to ask, am I going to be able to be financially stable? Because then you will be able to market it and position it the way that you need to and change your language around how you see yourself in that mirror and how you're projecting out. Mm -hmm. So then that the, the process that people go through, once you do that clarity and we get your GPS all in order, we prioritize where do you want to go first? And then we develop together within a 12-week process. So within 90 days, you're able to begin to peel back the layers, put the interventions and strategies in place with me side by side. That could be either through virtual um, 
group coaching. Mm-hmm. It could be through virtual individual. But then in the world, when we open up to not being so unhealthy, if you need me to come side by side, I can do that as well. Right. Clear to right. get your mindset right. Um, get build your capacity. So what skill level do you need? And then everything else in your puzzle pieces will fall into place. So that would be a picture or a glance yeah. at what the program or working with me would look like from the beginning. But the, the, the first part is like, let's just dump all of that, that I want to call it mind trash, but it's not mind trash. It's really like mind mental gifts that you have because people really have more skills than what they give themselves credit for. Right. Right. Because they, they want to follow the lines of the paper. They want to make sure that they're, you know, still following a structure right. that has been kind of downloaded into our lifestyle from the beginning of our education thing. But I'm like, take the lines off the paper. Let's color yeah. outside the lines. Let's be exactly. creative so that you can be who you are because the lines are containing you. I hate boxes. Boxes. Right, right. Yeah, I don't like boxes. Yeah, like think outside the box. Like, why is there a box to begin with? Why is there a box to begin with? Is there a box? Why are you, no box? Why are you creating up the box? <laughs> why are you creating limited mindset by putting That's... yourself in the box or staying right. within the lines? Exactly. Right, right. And and again, it comes back to that idea, you know, you don't need to do it yourself. It's not right. DIY, right? And 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 leadership. And and also you touched on something really important, which is the perception of what leadership skills are, mm-hmm. right? Because very much in the past it was very um you know, very uh, linear thinking, you know, very much in the box. Well, this is how you communicate. This is how you, this is how you, uh, you know, you manage performance. This is how you do this, that, and the other. And really, so those are all important and they're the horizontal skills. But then what you're talking about is that, you know, those vertical skills, which is about, you know, shifting our mindset, looking at and understanding, you know, what is our calling, the alignment that needs to take place, right? And get, getting that clarity. Those are all skills that really have been ignored for decades. Um, exactly. And and now we're finally starting to realize how important those are. And looking backwards, understanding that those skills are missing, we could see why a lot of workplaces are in the state they're in, right. and why a lot of people are burnt out. Uh, be they leaders, be they contributors, be they, you know, the front, line. front line at all levels of the organization, because we need to develop that leadership from the inside out, regardless of where we sit in the hierarchy. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Right. Mm-hmm. And make conscious decisions on how we want to manifest that leadership. So that whole discovery piece is very important. And, and then what, what essentially what you're doing is you're pulling out the person's gifts and interests and desires and passions and all that, rather than prescribing, this is how you have to do things. Right? How about that? How about Imagine. that? And and you, th- and you said something a little earlier, you know, like what, what makes me excited in the work that I do? I think that whether people choose to, to continue to work with me or not, you know, from that discovery thing, I am, my cup is filled from their excitement of seeing themselves in a different capacity. Mm-hmm. You know, because I may not be the match for everyone, but if I can help you at least see the clarity of all of the things that you're leaving on the table untapped and that you can see yourself like kind of activating them differently, the cup is full Yeah, for both of us. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's a very symbiotic kind of process where, Mm -hmm. you know, 
And, and I get that, you know, when I'm coaching or mentoring or whatnot, it's like, it lights you up, like your heart gets full and it's like, ah, you know, and I, I think that's what keeps us uh, going back for sure. You know? Right. And, uh, and then saying, like fall back in a chair and they're like, I never thought about it that way. Right. Or that that's aha moment. Don't you right. just love the aha moment when yes. the person sits there and they're like, oh yeah. And, and they suddenly see life differently. Yeah, or like I've always done it this way, or my mom did it this yeah. way, or my dad did it this way. And okay, well, you could you could change the cycle and, yeah. and we can elevate in this way. <laughs> right. Yeah, those are powerful moments for sure. So let's talk a little bit more about leadership beyond the workplace, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's true when people talk about leadership, they're usually it's it's about leadership in the workplace. But and we touched on it a little bit with self-leadership, but Let's talk about it a bit broader. Okay. So, yeah. What makes you want to go beyond the, the workplace? Why is important to you? So you ever work somewhere and it seems like somebody comes in to the workplace and they may be the overseer of your work. And it just seems like they are projecting all of this unnecessary like energy, anger, control situations. Um within your interaction mm-hmm. and you're like, okay, I said, good morning. Mm-hmm. I brought them coffee or I offered them coffee. You know, like you, you, you begin to take what you're experiencing from what they gave to you and take it on in your own energy and say, what could I have done differently or what's wrong with me? And so changing that narrative to looking at that individual who may be so I'm going to say unbearable in the workplace. Yeah, it happens. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> I think it's a nice way to say it. The unbearable personality in the workplace. What is what is happening for them outside of work that makes them come to use the work? Like they can workplace, they can exert what they can't exert at home. And what is giving them handcuffs in their home relationships or in their roles and, and responsibilities at home that's making them so bitter when they come into the workplace. So the reason why the personal um, narratives, the capacity, the being open to saying, I need help. Yeah. I, I, like, I can't do this on my own. And it not being a whole character assassination because someone thought that your capacity was more than what your capacity is because then not only does it become a medical concern because you got anxiety, you got stress, you got your heartbeat, you know, racing up and down. Like every action is, is intertwined with that medical mental health situation. Mm -hmm. And so it's more so in what can you change about you? You may not be able to change what your mother or your dad said to you, did with you, you know, when you were a child that kind of has manifested into how it is that you interact with people in your personal relationships. And because you can't undo that, and in some cases, unfortunately, you're not able to kind of resolve it for forgiveness, you have to forgive you. And you have to look at the strengths of what it is that those situations taught you, because when it comes to you in the conference room, you going for that big contract or whatever, it's showing up. 
that voice and that narrative that someone told you you were less than who you are on the outside and in your personal thing, as soon as you hear a no or somebody questioning your ability in something, yes, you're in the room and you're in that present moment. But if you haven't dealt with what's making you bitter outside, right, your reaction may be inappropriate and you may show up as ineffective because you're responding to the individual in front of you, but you also responding to that unresolved residue that is outside of this experience, but it shapes who you are and how you, you mm. respond. Mm. And so it, it, it has the overlap and making sure that if you're unhealthy and un- unhealthy and unhappy, what is it that's making that happen? If you can't track your time and you're always late to a situation or you're always like giving excuses around time, you need to have a conversation around what is it with you in time? Mm-hmm. You know, if it's something about respect or you feel unseen and unheard, you might feel that that's realistic, especially the way the conversation is becoming safe now in workplaces. But you may also need to look back, where did that start? Mm-hmm. And what have you been carrying in your suitcase of who you who you stand to be as an individual? And then how it is that you spread yourself out and your other, you know, connections. But how is that untapped? You thought, okay, what's going to go away? Or that person is no longer in my life or this relationship is over and I'm just moving forward. If you don't sit still to take inventory and the positive gains from every experience, as well as the things that put you on pause, but you kept moving forward. Life is full of competing agendas, but you have to resolve the unsettled energy, the unsettled conversations, even if you're unable to confront that person, confront it for yourself so that you're not carrying that into when you're about to make the biggest contract deal ever. Right. And you lose it because you don't realize that you're showing up in your childhood voice. Right. Versus in your adult seasoned work of voice. Yeah. And that's so important what you're saying, because uh, you know, I was just coaching the other day and um, the person's having, you know, challenges in, in their personal life. Mm-hmm. And then now they're starting to have challenges at work. And they're like, well, I'm trying not to show it. I said, well, people can feel it. If you have unresolved issues and if you are carrying a lot of stress and you're, even if you try not to, it's going to seep out and they're going to know. And then they're going to, they might not know the reason and they're going to start thinking it's about them. And they right. think that you're resenting them. Right. And that causes talk because then after that leads to, you know, gossip, you know, right. passive aggressive behaviors, whatever. So then it creates toxicity when really, if you would have resolved, like you said, your, your issues or dealt with them to make you happy in your personal life, then you're going to show up much better at work. Absolutely. You're going to get much more rest when you sleep in. You're not going to feel handcuffed in all spaces of your life. You um, will be able to accelerate in the way that you choose to accelerate both personally and professionally. If it's a health concern, like dealing with that health concern, like you're able to really just navigate life differently. And yes, it takes work. Yes, it takes like building systems. It it takes you being consistent to you. But if you don't, if you're going to put yourself up on the shelf, 
then realize that you're just putting yourself up on the shelf and you're comfortable with whatever happens to you. But if you go back to using that agency of intervention and choice and and choosing to pivot, then it really does take a different set of energy and a different set of focus with your mindset on how you're going to continue to drive forward. Wow. Wow, Mary, I, you know, I, I could continue this conversation for three hours. <laughs> I'm sure I could, you know, I'm in my space, so I'm happy. We're, we're going we're gonna to have part twos and threes, I'm sure. So, Sounds but, great. But for, for today, like, how can people learn more about you and connect with you? So the best way to connect with me would be through butterflyloveconsultations.com, which is my website. Mm-hmm. And on the website, it has the leadership stuff, you know, included. But if you just want to not go into the weeds of everything in my website, you can go at workwithmarymay.com and that will put you right into um, linking around the leadership development program that I discussed with the clarity session with the no lines and the 12 weeks or 90 days transformation that you seek for yourself in leadership. Love it. Love it. Well, again, Mary, it's been a wonderful uh, conversation. Absolutely. It Thank you. It was a pleasure having you here. We'll have more talks together. Yes. And uh, so thank you everyone for listening to Little Talks. And thank you so much, Mary. A big thank you to our Little Talk listeners for tuning into today's show. Please share with friends and colleagues who care about leadership and what is happening in our workplaces. If you'd like to keep this conversation going, please go to lightyourleadership.com to book a discovery call. While you're there, be sure to grab your copy of Light a Fire in Their Hearts, The Truth About Leadership. We wish you an excellent rest of the week. And until next time, remember to light your leadership because building authentic business relationships will help you to love your life as a leader.